welcome back to another episode of our Genesis podcast. Um, my name is Roxanne and I'm currently in grade 10 and I'm a Genesis student leader. And my name's Sandra and I'm also in grade 10 and a Genesis student leader as well. The only difference is that my name is Sandra. And um, today our guest is Simeon, an adult leader in Genesis. Would you like to introduce yourself? Everyone, I'm Simeon. Uh, I'm an adult leader in Genesis. <laughs> not in a, actually, I am in a grade. Um, I am in uh, the first second year of my PhD program uh, at UFD. To start off, we have a little icebreaker, and um, there are two questions. So, who's your favorite artist, guys? Music artist, 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 like drawing artist. I don't know what artist, artist, music artist. Let's pick music artist. I think my top favorite artist has to be Taylor Swift. That's really cool. Do you have like a favorite Taylor Swift song? Uh, a lot of them. <laughs> I think it depends on my mood. Like, there's a lot of top ones, but uh, yeah, I think my all-time favorite has to be Paper Rings. Um, just the the chorus is so catchy. Uh, yeah, but uh, my second favorite artist is Switchfoot, also because they have really nice, uh, very meaningful lyrics, even though it's uh, even though their their music is good too. Is Human Rings the one where she talks about like um the way that the verse one of the verse is like I'll marry you even if it was a paper ring that one? <laughs> is it That one. It's like I love shiny things, but I'd marry you with paper rings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Oh, that one's a nice one. Um What's your favorite? My favorite artist are like k-pop artists i really like currently it's a black pink but they haven't like come out with an album for a whole year now so it's kind of rough but yeah i think black pink and icon black pink is really pretty i'm not into k-pop so i actually don't know but it's <laughs> <laughs> okay but you know if you want to sing one of their songs just so i could get an idea oh um... <laughs> Yeah, we could use it to open our podcast too, you know. <laughs> I don't trust my singing skills, you know. So it's 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 okay. I leave it to YouTube. You guys can search it, you know. They have okay, a whole okay. YouTube channel and everything. <laughs> For me, I think my favorite artist is Christopher Larkin, who made the soundtrack for Hollow Knight. And Hollow Knight is an epic game. And the soundtrack is also very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. Sounds like study music. <laughs> yes. Yes. Except my study music is a very bad study music album. It hurts my ears. But yeah, that's besides oh. the point. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do this to yourself? You know, it makes the studying more painful, and studying is supposed to be painful, so, like, it matches. I don't think that's how it works, but okay. <laughs> Whatever works for you, I guess. But I, I used to study to um, the Portal 2 music from Valve. It's oh. also very rock. Mm-hmm. I think video game music in general is just good study music. Really? Yeah. I feel like only Genshin music is good study music. 
because it's from like a whole orchestra and it's so beautiful. Like yeah. other video games, I don't know. But I only play like two video games, so I can't say much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talking about music and artists and stuff, what's your you guys' favorite worship song? Hmm. I think for me, it really does vary depending on what I'm going through. Um, right now, I'm not going through all that much, so um, I think it's more uh, worship songs that uh, that praise God. Um, so, "So Will I" by Hillsong. Um, that's a good one, um, and also songs that remind me of who I am um, in Christ. So, like, "Who You Say I Am." Um, or uh, you're not alone. Uh, yeah, those are good uh, good ways to reflect like, on mm-hmm. on God's character. I really like like the sadder worship songs, like the I guess deeper ones. Like I really like oceans, and yeah, I do like the upbeat ones, but I feel like I play them a lot less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like fifty percent of the time you play oceans. If it's at a like retreat, um, there will be tears. It's such a moving song. Yeah, but I just love—I don't know—I just love everything about it. I think my my favorite worship song is like "Complete 360" or is it "180"? Because "360" would not be at the same place. But I don't. Yeah, that's sure. the same direction. Yeah, it's, it's in the same place. So maybe one, complete 180-degree turn. Um, yeah, it's forever. I don't really remember who it's by. But um, yeah, my elementary schools. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> probably Chris Tomlin. And um, yeah, in my old elementary school, we played a lot. And I would drum for it. And it's really fun to drum to that song because there's like this part worth just like drums and it's cool yeah it feels fun to play mm-hmm. oh, that's interesting yeah yeah i guess if we're talking about favorite worship to- song to play um i've never been on worship team mm-hmm. but i think my favorite well i've been doing av as part of worship like for quite a while um and like part of the way i worship is by doing av and my favorite songs to mix are like the really melodic ones where you have two singers that um that harmonize really well and just having the voices play off each other is so beautiful yeah a lot of all sons and daughters songs are like that Mm. well aside from worship uh, because we are, well, kind of back into quarantine, what have you been doing during quarantine, I guess, or the past year since quarantine has started? Has it only been a year? It feels like it's been like 10. <laughs> okay, maybe three. Um, what have I done? It's been so long. Um, <laughs> well, I think the biggest thing is I got married. It's like... Yeah. Uh, so that was this past September. Um, 
during this most recent quarantine, uh, I spent a lot of time playing Overcooked with Jess and uh, a friend who also um, had uh, COVID. Um, oh, yes, that's right. This past uh, December, um, Jess and I caught COVID, uh, so we had to self-isolate for a bit, and our friend uh, from another source um, also caught COVID. So um, he wanted to keep his parents safe, so we kept uh, we hosted him in our living room um, on an air mattress. Mm -hmm. So we kind of just like played Overcooked all day for 10 days. It was quite wow. a bit of fun. Um, I think we're still friends. There was a lot of yelling, though. <laughs> I was gonna say, Overcooked can be so stressful sometimes. Yeah. It was. I think they handled it better, um, but I had to take a break after every level. It's, it's super <laughs> tiring to play. Yeah. yeah. It just it has a lot of teamwork. <laughs> it's like Pico Park. I don't know if you guys know that one, but. Okay. But it's also like a team. How does it work? Um, you like go through obstacles instead of cooking, but you're like mm. tied together with strings. <laughs> Whoa. I don't know That's how to fun. also explain that, but yeah, I've just seen a lot of people play that one. Yeah, and I guess if we think even earlier, um, just got cats over quarantine, so I spent a lot of time playing with them and walking them yeah we would take nimbus out for a walk so in the spring um his favorite thing was to like sit by the door and meow really loudly and then we'd put a harness on him and then we like i'd take him out for like a half hour or an hour and he'd run around like pretending to hunt birds well i'm sure he tried to hunt birds but they were better than him it was fun, that's though. so cute <laughs> yeah he's a cute one how about you guys I feel like I just gamed a lot, Relatable. played a lot of Valorant, <laughs> um, and like Genshin. I've been picking up Genshin lately, but that's only because like a character is coming out and I really want him. <laughs> yeah, um, and I got a cat. Yeah, I got a cat as well, but I got that in like the earlier of quarantine. Yeah. True. What's uh, his or hers name? It's Oreo. Oh, so cute. <laughs> yeah. I heard what I got when, when like Jess was finding her second cat. I remember her telling our, our cell, like, well, my cell, because you guys aren't my cell, but um, that you wanted to name the cat Oreo, but she didn't because I had a cat named Oreo. That had a really funny. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Because Oreo is my favorite cookie. So I was like. I would like. Does to that mean Oreo like that. would be your favorite cat? No, like, Pepper and Nimbus are my cats? favorite cats. Oh, okay, okay. No, 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 no. They're, my cats are are the best. I'm sorry. No to offense hear that. to Oreo, but my cats are the best. It's okay. I'm biased. I think Oreo is the best. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually sitting in my kitchen right now, and the TV has like a slideshow of of like random pictures. And um, it's pretty much pictures of our cats <laughs> on TV. That's so cute. As for me, over quarantine, I think, yeah, I got really into drawing things. So I just started drawing a lot, a lot, a lot. Last summer, I got Procreate. And 
Um, yeah, that's been fun. I think I've improved a lot, which makes me happy. Uh, yeah, just just yesterday, I started reading this SB Nation, what football will look like in the future. And I think it's so good. So good. Oh, but yeah, that, that's like, yeah. On the topic of all the things we've been doing, what have you, what are hobbies you've picked up over quarantine, Sumit? Oh, I don't know if they're. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if I picked anything up over quarantine. Oh, I did actually. I got really into, I like a lot of people <laughs> got really into coffee over quarantine. So I used to have this like cheap espresso machine my brother gave me as a birthday gift like ten years back. Um, and I would just use that and it was fine. But then I got really into like third wave coffee and pour overs and um, and all that, um, partly because one of my colleagues uh, is also really into coffee. So we would like swap stories and be like, oh, I got this grinder and like I'm trying this bean. Um, but yeah, a bit less lately. Yeah, um, so I got into that. But otherwise, like, some of my other hobbies are like snowboarding, um, cooking, um, climbing. Uh, I really like rock climbing and bouldering. Um, and I also like programming for fun. Sounds cool. I didn't. The only thing I know about coffee is that there's an instant kind that my parents buy. <laughs> uh, do you like your coffee in a certain way? I usually drink it black. Like a black Americano, mainly because I hate um, like the the milk just sits in your mouth weird. I think um, so. I I don't and I like sipping my coffee over a long time. So I just prefer not having like yeah that weird milk thing. Yeah. So for practicality purposes, I drink it black. Do you like the way black coffee tastes? Yeah. I think good coffee tastes really good black. But Jess would disagree. Actually, I don't know. But, yeah. I would say I, I, I disagree. <laughs> I think that would be so bitter. But I just don't drink coffee. Uh, what do you drink? Milk teas, bubble tea. <laughs> True. Or like tea. Like yeah. Oh, okay. So talking about hobbies and goals and interests, would you say that um there's something that make you unique or something that make you proud of yourself? Um yeah, and if not, what makes you unique or proud of yourself? Yeah, so uh, what makes me unique? Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't say I'm like particularly proud of this but I get distracted really easily. So I love, like, when I have work that needs to be done, I would much prefer, like, going down a Wikipedia rapid hole or, like, reading things online and just absorbing all this new random information. Um, so a lot of my coworkers will, like, come and ask me random questions about, like, 
some of my interests. So they'd be like, oh, um, I'm looking for a new keyboard. What do you recommend? And I'd be like, oh, so like I've been looking at keyboards too. And like here are like all the new ones and like here are all the different styles. And like I would recommend this one. And, you know, if you're looking for a cheaper one, there's this one. Um, it, it would be like for the randomest things. Um, but yeah, I just have a lot of random things that I look up when I'm bored, which happens often. Yeah. So I don't know if something that's something I could be proud of, but that's that. I think that's very cool to have like so many interests and like know so much about it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it comes in handy, but it's also a waste of time sometimes. <laughs> Funny, I think in the football thing that I mentioned earlier, um, there was this part that was about Wikipedia rabbit holing. It wasn't about Wikipedia rabbit holing, they just mentioned it. And now it's this topic is up again. How interesting. Yeah, Fabian, you mentioned earlier that you're um, on your second year of working on your PhD. What? What are some details about that? Oh, yeah. Um, this is a rabbit hole, and I could go on for hours. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you ever ask a, an, a person in academia what they study, they will tell you <laughs> for a very long time. Um, but I think I'll, I'll try to put it shortly. Uh, so I'm uh, my background is in engineering. Um, so I, I studied biomedical engineering in undergrad. Um, I studied clinical engineering in my master's. Um, and now I'm doing biomedical engineering for my PhD with a focus on epilepsy and um, children with, um, with neurocognitive impairments um, as a result of epilepsy. And um, in particular, my PhD is on um, trying to come up with the intervention to help uh, children with uh, neurocognitive comorbidities of epilepsy. And um, one of the, I guess, the, the specific focus of the intervention is trying to improve sleep in children with epilepsy to improve their memory, their attention, um, and their, uh, their cognition during the day uh, by helping, um, helping them sleep better. Uh, because a lot of a lot of children with epilepsy um, have poor sleep, and that poor sleep impacts their ability to function um, more so than just um, as a result of the epilepsy by itself. Um, and yeah, so I'm I'm studying um, and trying to design a device to um, to improve sleep, and hopefully this will apply to just more more than just kids with epilepsy, but um, they are a very convenient population to study, I think. Um, and I don't say this uh, like demeaningly, but um, a lot of them have to have very long stays in the hospital and they're attached to an EEG machine which measures their brain waves uh, so that um, they can diagnose and treat uh, the epilepsy. Um, and while they're in the hospital, just uh, hooked up to this machine, um, we can use this the recordings that are that are happening um, anyways. Um, and we can use these recordings uh, for research to try to um, figure out more about what the brain is doing um, and ways in which we can we can help children in general. Yeah, so that is my PhD. Wait, I don't remember where I heard this from, but if I remember correctly, you were kind of sick. 
kids. <laughs> yeah, right? I do. Yes. Do you want to talk about That's that? Right. Yeah. Um, well, my work, I use the word, uh, or I use work slash study interchangeably. Because um, generally when you're in academia um, and doing a thesis, um, there aren't that many courses you have to take. Like most of your time is spent doing research. And so most of my time is spent at Sick Kids, um, analyzing and collecting the data um, from kids who have, uh, who are at Sick Kids for evaluation uh, for epilepsy, um, and also helping other grad students uh, with their projects as well. Um, because I've, yeah, so I, because I've been at U of T for um, my entire, like all my schooling, basically. Um, I've worked at SickKids in some capacity or been at SickKids in some capacity for uh, almost 10 years. It'll be 10 years in May this year. Um, so I've gone a lot of experience uh, with um, the people there, um, with the devices that we use. Um, so a lot of the times um, I'll help my colleagues out with their research projects. Um, sometimes I might be called to run uh, some of the, the brain scanners for research. Um, or to try to like fix problems or help other labs design uh, experiments, design uh, devices, um, things like that. Yeah, I also, uh, oh, sorry. Oh, um, I also do a lot of like IT support uh, in my lab and department. Um, a lot of, you'd be surprised, but a lot of times I get called in uh, to help people plug cables in correctly. <laughs> this has happened not less than five times. So it's uh, pretty funny. Uh, I was going to ask, um, is there like a favorite design you've done for technology? Uh, yeah, I think my, I think the, the thing that's been the most impactful um, for at least us, like as scientists slash uh, researchers um i guess yeah when we're doing these experiments um with uh with children who are in the hospital um like they're connected they have a bunch of um, sensors on their head that's plugged into a device um and what they used to do before i was at sick kids uh, for research is um once the kids are done with the clinical recordings um they'll try to get them to like you know play some games on a computer um, and then record their brain waves while they're playing these games um, but in order to do that they'd have to wheel this research eeg device into the room unplug all their wires from the clinical one plug it into the research one um, and then um, then they'd play the games and then they'd have to put everything back after uh, so it was a really tedious process setting up probably took like an hour or two hours because um, you have to be like oh this is wire number one has to be unplugged from port number one on the clinical device and we have to plug it into port number one on the research device and then there's like 150 wires that you have to do this and you have to write down every single wire that's unplugged um, you have to make sure you put it back um, these aren't easy wires to unplug either so um, it was just this huge struggle, and then we'd have to have the the EEG tech there, um, and there's just so many moving pieces that it was really hard to collect this data. Um, so, what I helped design um, was this one cable that allowed us to connect our computer games into the clinical system directly. So instead of unplugging the cables every time, we just leave them plugged in, and we plug this one cable in. 
um, to our laptop and this one cable into the to the clinical system. And then they could play their games. And instead of having to unplug the kid um, and all their wires, um, we could just leave them plugged in. And this helped us. Um, yeah, it's just so much faster now. Setup takes like five minutes, five to 10 minutes. Um, and it also uh, reduces the risk of plugging cables back in wrong. Um, and this made life so much easier for a lot of researchers uh, who do this kind of project at SickKids. So yeah, I think that's one of the, the things that, um, or one of the most recent things that I'm happy about. You think it's ever like stressful working um, for like schooling and sick kids, but either way? No, I wouldn't say it's it's stressful. Um, the people are really good. Um, I have a lot of support. Uh, I know my supervisor has my back. Um, like I know if if things get overwhelming, um, I can always ask for help from people around me. Um, yeah, I, I think it's. It's not too bad. Having supportive coworkers is so, so important. Um, so you mentioned earlier that you worked for the church's baby. Was that like at your old church or your current, like our current church? Well, I don't, I, are you part of GCCMI? Um, but do you want to also talk about like, Oh, why you chose to serve in Genesis as well? Yeah, yeah, um, lot to unpack there. So, uh, I guess yeah, I. Hmm. It's been a long story. So when I was really young, I uh, went to a church called TCMC Toronto Chinese Methodist Church because uh, my, well, I guess that, that that was my parents' church. Um, but then in, I don't know, sometime before grade three. Uh, there wasn't really much, like there weren't that many other kids there. So my parents were like, oh, we should find a, another church with like Sunday school and stuff for um, for me and my brother. So we moved to another church, Logos Baptist Church. And there in grade seven, um, somehow I stumbled into the AV room. And then I asked the guy, like, can I push all these buttons on the soundboard? And he's like, uh... And I'm like, I really want to push the buttons. And he's like, you can if you join AV for um, uh, for VBS, which was what was happening at that time. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. I'll join the AV team. Um, <laughs> that's a, yes, just to push the buttons. And I did get to push all the buttons. It was great. Um, and yeah, that's how I ended up on AV. And then in uh, grade nine, um, I moved to I moved back to TCMC. And I was also on AV. And then um, after university, I went to New Hope Fellowship, which is a, a Korean church um, linked to, it's like the English congregation of Light Presbyterian Church. I don't know if you heard of the pastor that was uh, imprisoned in North Korea, but um, yeah, that was his church. And yeah, then um, once I got married to Jess, uh, we decided to join JCGC. So that's why I'm here. Um, in terms of why I came to serve in Genesis, um, I don't know. I I guess like while I was dating Jess, I always hear her like um, talk about follow up and um, and sell, and um, it was really meaningful to her. And she mentioned that um, they were looking for leaders 
Um, and I used to teach uh, Sunday school at TCMC, uh, grades four to six. So I do have a heart for, um, for like imparting my passion for knowing God um, and like just an appreciation of who God is onto others um, because I think God is good and it's so like it's so good to to have other people also you know just recognize God's goodness um, and be in awe of that so that is in short or not short how I came to serve in Genesis. And yeah, I don't think I'm a leader, or sorry, not a member of GCGC yet, but I intend to be at the next available opportunity, whatever that is. So um, from your experience at Genesis, is there anything that, I don't know, I guess that you'd like to talk about? I mean, y'all are cool, so no? <laughs> Um, I was going to ask, like, what do you think was, like, the major difference between, like, your old church and, like, GC and GCNY, or, like, the youth group there and, like, the youth group here at Genesis? Well, at my old church uh, in New Hope, there wasn't that many, there actually weren't any youth at all. Um, it was all young families um, and people, like, a little bit younger than, like, around my age, essentially. Um, so there were a lot of babies and no teenagers at all, and then a bunch of young adults. Um, so yeah, we didn't have a youth group at all. Uh, yeah, so I guess it's new having, yeah, the difference that there is a youth group. Do you think it's like exciting to try out like leading um, now, considering you get this opportunity to teenagers yeah i think it's it's a lot of fun um as i said before y'all are pretty cool but um i think at first i was most um i was mostly scared i was like what if i do something and like screw someone up for the rest of their lives or like say the wrong thing um but i think overall i trust that you know, you all have a good head on your shoulders and, um, like, trust that the spirit will take care of things. And, yeah. But it's still, like, it's still kind of scary. Um, and it's hard, too, because I'm new to the church and new to leading in Genesis. So, um, yeah, like, I don't even know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know the, the youth group culture. So it's hard to... Uh, like, there's a lot of new things to learn as I'm stepping into the role, but um, it's been good, yeah. I guess it's also hard because we're online, so um, putting names to faces um, is hard. Yeah. I think instead of remembering faces, I just remember people's, like, Google Meet profile picture, <laughs> which is not as helpful. <laughs> So interesting to think that if you ever pass this person like on the street or something, you'll never know who was them, and they might know it was you. Oh. Yeah, probably not. Hopefully, one day, this will definitely end, and uh, I'll be able to see you all in person.
Um, you mentioned that you served in the church, or like you've been in the church for a while, um, like since you were young. Do you have any like stories of how God has helped you um, that you would want to share? There's so many. I, I can't think of any like in spe or specifically, um, but I think overall in my life, uh, I think the the biggest thing that God's been showing, well, I guess the most common thing that God's been showing me is that um, when he calls me or he asks me to do something, um, God will back me up on it. Like he won't tell me to go do something and then leave me stranded. Um, and over time, as as that process repeats itself, like God telling me like to do or serve in some way, or um, yeah, like when God speaks and, and I follow um, and God follows through, that's, uh, that's when I experience him. And uh, it just like that cycle leads me to trust him more and more. Um, and also that like God is always working around us, uh, whether we see it or not. And um, yeah, it's it's a it's a privilege to um, to be a part of God working um, because He doesn't need us in particular to do any particular thing. Um, so it's it's great when we get the chance to be a part of it. Um, and yeah, I don't know if that's advice, but I guess that's how I experience. Um, have been experiencing God and uh, and growing closer with Him throughout my life. Anything else that you'd like to share? I guess. Oh, I guess. So I think to me, pers that that um, means a lot to me personally is uh, like as I mentioned, I I do AV, and I think like now I've come to realize that that is how I worship. Like I worship by doing all that, like making sure the technical pieces are all in place. Um, and making a sound that, and it's kind of like, like people on praise team, right? Like you, you sing and you play instruments that create an atmosphere um, that causes people to worship, that leads people in worship. Um, and it's no, it itself is not like it's not God, right? Like the you know your synth and and the fog isn't or fog machines or whatever. You know, it's not the Holy Spirit, but it. It's kind of like it reminds me of um of the temple in in Jerusalem. Like it was majestic, it was big, it was gold. Like there's all these um, grand motifs uh, because that's reminiscent of who God is. And I think in a way, like when we praise and worship, um, we want to create an atmosphere that is reminiscent of who God is, and that reminds people of like certain aspects of God, right? So I find that like the way I worship is by doing that in AV. And for the longest time, um, I would think like, oh, I see like my friends who are like really devoted Christians. They're like they're crying during worship. They're like praising their hearts out. They're, you know, they have their hands in the air. And to me, like that, like I never really felt moved to do that. Um, and for the longest time, I thought, oh, like what's you know what's wrong with me? Like, am I not moved by this like the music? Um, and I realized that that's you know that's not who God created me to be. Um, and so long story short, um, like we all worship in our own ways. And I think, um, 
yeah, like a piece of advice is uh, to find for you all personally to find how you worship God um, and, uh, you know, work on that or um, don't judge yourself for uh, or don't unfairly judge yourself for um, worshiping in a way that's not as as common um, or as uh, as visible, I guess. Yeah. Um, I just want to go back to what you mentioned in the beginning when you mentioned like all the things you do. Like, how do you balance like working, like being a student, I guess, and then like just doing everything and like putting God first? How do you balance that? A good question. Um, well, I think putting God first doesn't necessarily mean. Um, doing things at church or um, doing any specific thing um, like you know we kind of break our weeks apart into like god things like oh genesis um cell uh, worship um, devos like those are god things and the rest of the week isn't um, but i think like everything is a god thing um, and like god has called me to do my phd like that is part of like doing school well and diligently is a God thing and is one of the ways in which I worship um, and recognizing that God is, um, well, on that note, like science is also one of the ways in which I uh, relate with God because like just to explore the way God created the world uh, and see its beauty, um, like I praise God in, in that. And so, yeah, like during the week when I'm doing my work, um, doing my studies like i think that's worshiping god um when i um cook dinner for jess or when um we sit and have a conversation um that's worshiping god right because um god has called me to be in a relationship with her to be uh, married to her right and um, when we do um sell uh genesis that's worshiping god um service is worshiping god so i think um yeah it's a it's a balance of figuring out what God has called you to and not uh, restricting that to any specific thing. Um, and saying like, oh, only, only like things at church are, are worshiping. Because um, I'm, I'm sure that that's not all you're called to do. And so being singularly focused on that, I think, is, is uh, not healthy. Yeah, so that's how I balance um, all these different things. Would you say that there was like a time where it was like difficult to remember that God's working your life? Or would you say that's like not really even a problem because your faith has always been there? Well, I think there's definitely times where it's been a struggle. There, There's, yeah. It's, um, Yeah, like there, there's times when I've been down, um, when I feel um, more distant. Um, but I think I remind myself that my, like my relationship with God has nothing to do with my actions. Um, it's not like I'm closer to God because I read the Bible more or I've prayed more today, so I'm like that much closer to God. Like I'm closer to God because 
Christ died on the cross on the cross for me, um, and that is all that matters. Um, so I think just reminding myself that my closeness to God or my worth as a Christian isn't how I feel, um, isn't how much I've read the Bible, how much I've done, whatever. Um, but it's solely dependent on what Christ did on the cross. Um, and it, it's hard, right? Because feeling is such a, a big part of being human. Um, so it's, it's a struggle to, to let the rational side of my mind take over when I'm feeling down. But yeah, that's, that's how I do it. And I think that's how the Bible calls us to do it too. I'm sorry, the old podcast can't come to the phone anymore. Why? Because it's over. Thank you guys for listening to the Genesis podcast, and we'll see you next time in a new season.